As Unitarian Universalists, we are bound together, not by a common set of beliefs, but by our promise to support one another in our individual searches for truth and meaning, guided by our principles and drawing from many sources. We begin our gathering acknowledging that we are located on Treaty 6 territory. We respect the history, languages, and cultures of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and all First Peoples of Canada, whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant community. This morning was to have been the final service for Coriolis, our choir of the church. So what I decided to do was pick a couple of songs that are actually from the Coriolis repertoire. Though we won't be hearing Coriolis sing them this morning, we have two lovely choirs that you'll hear today. Those of you in the, in the church choir who may know these songs, please feel free to hum along. We'll begin with Alstoshta, conducted by Martha Shaw, sung by the Spivy Hall Children's Choir.
Our opening words are taken from the Unitarian Universalist Association website, um, and it's their summary of Jewish Unitarian Universalists' beliefs and principles. So many Unitarian Universalists have a connection to Judaism. Whether we are ethnically, culturally, or spiritually Jewish, whether we're married to a Jewish person or simply inspired by Jewish wisdom, we have a place in Unitarian Universalism. One of the six sources we draw upon is our worship and religious education is Jewish and Christian teachings which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. We honor Jewish holidays with a progressive and inclusive twist. UUs with Jewish heritage hold Passover seders, celebrate Hanukkah, and mark the High Holy Days. When we worship together, Judaism comes into play in a variety of ways depending on the congregation. In the fall, our Sunday services often draw on themes from Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. Our winter holiday-themed services often tell the story of Hanukkah. In the spring, we tell the story of Moses and the Exodus, and some congregations gather around an all-ages, all-faiths table to join in a celebratory Passover Seder led by Jewish UUs. Any time of year in our congregations, we may hear wisdom from the Bible, some midrash, a Hasidic tale, or a funny story from Jewish culture. Our programs for children and youth involve young people in learning about Judaism through stories, rituals, and visits to synagogues. We teach respect for all faiths and develop basic literacy in the world's religions as well as Unitarian Universalism. As a home for interfaith families, we nurture kids with multiple identities and help them grow. No one needs change their beliefs or identity in order to be UU. We are people of many beliefs, honoring each person's heritage and search for truth. With this in mind, let us explore what teaching from the Jewish tradition may serve us well today. As a tradition of our faith, we light a chalice. Our reading is from one of my all-time favorite books, the one that I always have very close to me and very close to my heart. It's reading number 453. It's taken from the Passover, Hadagar, and I'll ask Robert to light our chalice this morning as I read these words. May the light we now kindle inspire us to use our powers to heal and not to harm, to help and not to hinder, to bless and not to curse, to serve you, spirit of freedom. We have a responsive reading that we, Robert and I will be leading, and would you like? We would like you to join in where it says all, and so I'll begin. We come together to gather together as Unitarian Universalists. We come today to join in the spirit of love and the service of life. We come together to be part of the stream of this living tradition. In our, our gathering, may, may we, we be blessed. blessed. Our shared faith is made up of the people who gather. Our shared faith is called by the beacon of love and justice. Our shared faith is breathed into life by the questions and the actions of all people. Through, Through our faith, our faith. 
May we strive our hearts, minds, and deeds to bring more love, justice, and truth into the world. In the Latin hymn, Ubi Caritas, we sing, where charity and love are, God is there. In this spirit, we affirm that when we gather in love and justice, we open ourselves to life itself. In our opening, may we know ourselves to be blessed. May we May we know ourselves in love that is always with us. We now have a story that will be shared to us by Audrey. As all the Jews were gathering in Shul, anxiously awaiting the Rebbe's arrival to begin the prayer service, Rabbi Schnorr Zalman, also known as the Alta Rebbe, mysteriously left the small European village. Some of his devoted and admiring Hasidim speculated that their beloved leader went to heaven, connecting to God and his angels in the heavenly spheres in preparation for this holy time. Where was their beloved leader? As the Rebbe's Hasidim waited worriedly for him to arrive, he was climbing deep into the woods with a sack on his back to chop down wood. They later learned that he then proceeded to bring the firewood into the lonely little house of an impoverished widow and her five small children. Saving a life is so important that chopping wood and creating fire, normally forbidden on the holy day, are permitted. No task was beneath this great Torah scholar as he created a blazing fire in the fireplace, unpacked the food and clothes from the sack, lovingly fed the children, and left the woman with many kind and caring words. Perhaps we could say that the Alter Rebbe went to a place even higher than heaven. True goodness and giving often involves nurturing and caring in little ways that go unseen. What is true goodness? What is true giving? Judaism gently teaches us through the stories of the scroll that true goodness is not carried out in a blaze of glory. True goodness and giving often involves nurturing and caring in little ways that go, be, go beyond. Often when it's hard, often when it hurts, often when it's not really my job. Impacting this world is not reserved to the knight in shining armor or for the airbrushed faces of Hollywood. It is a responsibility and right of every one of us with all of our talents and strengths and yes, with all of our weaknesses, we are and our loved ones are immortalized long after we are gone the kind acts on this earth, the comforting whisper to a frightened child, the mending of a broken heart, the giving of charity when we need to dig deep, patience and forbearance to a cantrankerous relative, 
a nourishing home-cooked meal delivered with love. It is through this goodness and giving that we touch the divine, ascending higher than the heavens. And as Gordon said with Ubi Caritas, our charity and love are God is there. Thanks, Audrey. We'll now take a moment to share our abundance. I want to thank everyone who's continued their pledging and continued their generosity. And we are into a new month now in May. And so we have a new charity with whom we are sharing our abundance. And for the month of May, we're sharing half of our unidentified contributions, which is what we usually do, but now we're inviting you to just go to their website and contribute directly with the Youth Empowerment and Support Services. So Edmonton, um, this Edmonton organization has been providing support programs, housing and resources to youth who are lost, abandoned, without a place to turn for over 35 years. And over 60,000 meals are served annually to this high needs group. They also offer uh, temporary and longer term housing and do tremendous work in the community. So if you're able to support this organization, we'd encourage you to do that as well. And if you want to quickly go look up their website or write out your check for UCE either, um, now is a great time to do that. And we'll have a piece of music for you to listen to during that. This is Ose Shalom, which again, Coriolis members might be familiar with and can sing along with and everyone else can enjoy.
Please join us now for From You I Receive. words are by Lynn Unger. Pandemic. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down, and when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny that now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands, reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and health, so long as we shall live. An important part of our community is the sharing of joys and sorrows of our lives. And so I invite anyone who wishes to light a candle to do so at home or by using the chat function or sending your cares and concerns to candles at uce.ca and while we have candles have another piece of music jerusalem of gold Nisav ruach ha'arbaim im kol pa'amonim. Uvetar damat ilan va'even shvuya b'chaloma. Ha'ir asher badad yushevet uvelibachoma. Shalaim shel zahar, bishel nechoshed vishelo, halo lechoshiraich ani kino. Yerushalayim shel zahar, bishel nechoshed vishelo, Shofar-e-kore-be-har-a-bayit-ba-i-ha-ar 
carry all the joys and concerns, celebrations and blessings in our hearts. They express very deeply that we are not alone. Our reading uh, is kind of a, in place of a sermon this morning. Um, I think it gives us lots to think about. So what comes to your mind when you think of Sabbath? Does it just mean another Sunday to you? Do you think of rest, a break from work? I think Sabbath an ecological spiritual delight. Perhaps that wasn't the first thought that came to your mind. Oftentimes when we think of ecology as just referring to the world of nature, yet the dictionary suggests ecology concerns the totality of pattern of relations between organisms and their environment. Trying to make a positive difference in this totality as an individual can seem just too much. One can feel so helpless and insignificant. Recycling, voting, responsible consumerism, picking up trash, trying to practice right relationship, all seem to be positive actions, the right thing to do, yet do these actions stir the soul or fill the spirit? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Maybe what there is to do at times is to not do. Maybe what there is to do is slow down and walk lightly on the earth, even if just for a moment. Might it be possible to take a day from time to time to rest and reconnect with all of creation, its wonders and its creatures? Work and do in the mundane world for, well, let's say six days, but take a seventh day 
and make a place for the sacred. This is what the Jewish Sabbath or Shabbat is all about. From an outsider's perspective, the Jewish Sabbath may appear somber and restrictive, a list of do's and do, do nots. Yet in the Hebrew Bible, writings of the ancient rabbis and Jewish literature through the present age, Sabbath is extolled as being a sublime gift from God. Shabbat begins shortly before sunset on Friday night and is introduced with the lighting of the Sabbath candles. The meal is usually simple to avoid a lot of preparation for an end of the workday meal. There are prayers, blessings over wine and bread, and with special care, the home becomes like a miniature sanctuary. Saturday morning is traditionally a time for prayer and study. The midday meal may include guests, and like the first meal, there are prayers and blessings, and perhaps songs sung after the meal. The afternoon is dedicated to relaxing pursuits, perhaps walking, reading, study, companionship with family and friends, even napping. The mood throughout should be one of enjoyment. Shabbat traditionally ends, however, bittersweetly on Saturday night with the Havdalah, meaning distinction ceremony. In addition to well wishes for the coming week, it is said some of the customs are to comfort the soul that grieves when the Sabbath ends. The ritual meals, wine, singing, company of family, guests, friends, perhaps of the congregational community, if one ventures out to the synagogue, demonstrate that, as Abraham Heschel observed in The Sabbath, its meaning for the modern man, the Sabbath is a day of the soul as well as for the body. Comfort and pleasure are an integral part of the Sabbath observance. People in their entirety, with all of their faculties, must share its blessing. According to Heschel, six days a week we live under the tyranny of things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. It's a day on which we are called upon to share in what is eternal in time, to turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation, from the world of creation to the creation of the world. In Marcia Falk's The Book of Blessings, she writes, in an ideal world, we might be aware of the potential for holiness at every moment of every day. Yet in the real world, the business of life, the busyness of life, often seems to distract us from our most profound connections. Shabbat returns a sense of balance, helps us regain our perspective, is an opportunity for pause, to step back from our occupation with the world and to appreciate instead our very being in the world. In the language of Heschel, he who wants to enter the holiness of the day must first lay down the profanity of clattering commerce, of being yoked to toil, say farewell to manual work. Six days a week we wrestle with the world, wringing the profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. Refraining from labor and resting on the Sabbath isn't for the sake of preparing for the tasks and productivity of the other six days of the week, for the purpose of recovering one's lost strength and becoming fit for the forthcoming labor, Heschel writes. The Sabbath is a day for the sake of life. It is not an interlude, but the climax of living. 
Try as we might, it's difficult to maintain a sense of the sacred and the holy throughout the busyness of the week. We get caught up in the tyranny of things. It would not be a great sacrifice to consider setting aside a day each week to refrain from doing chores. Yet, what if this day of rest also included refraining from turning on the lights, using the telephone, the computer, listening to recorded music, cooking or driving? There would be no work or spending of money, but there would be no recreational shopping or going out for entertainment either. Without the telephone and email, perhaps I would seek the companionship of those under my own roof. Without a car, perhaps I would stroll in my own neighborhood, invite a neighbor to the Sabbath table along the way, meet new neighbors, and really take in and notice my immediate surroundings. Look at the sky and out across the land instead of the pavement before or underneath me. Perhaps without recorded music, among friends and family, we would make our own joyful noise. Perhaps without electricity or other distractions, I would feel free to linger and meditate upon the beauty of the Shabbat candles, watch them until they burned out by themselves. What a luxury it would be to read all that you have been waiting to read. Not what you felt you should read, but what you want to read. I wonder if over time these practices and peace of mind would spill over into the other six days of the week. Perhaps refraining from the use of certain modern conveniences, letting the earth rest, wouldn't seem so difficult throughout the week. And what if I wasn't the only one to let the earth rest this one day a week? What if besides me and practicing Jews, others joined us who were interested in keeping and guarding the Sabbath and all of creation? Consider the impact on the use of electricity and fossil fuel, the reduction of pollutants and the emissions into the air, the ingathering of love, joy, charity, and peace might even overflow into the world. I conclude with these words from Heschel. The Sabbath, thus, is more than an armistice, more than an interlude. It is a profound, conscious harmony of humankind and the world, a sympathy for all things and a participation in the spirit that unites what is below and what is above. All that is divine in the world is brought into union. This is Sabbath and the true happiness of the universe. May it be so. Shalom. As I was putting together this service, the word blessing kept coming to mind for me. Robert and I had a particularly blessingful day yesterday. As we were coming home from our little walk through the river valley, we heard this strange and unusual sound, not sure where it was coming from, only to look up and witness thousands upon thousands of cranes making their migratory route up north truly a blessing of nature. And so we'll leave you with a blessing from the Reverend Anna Levi-Leons. She is the senior minister of the First Unitarian Congregation Society in Brooklyn, New York. She writes, In Jewish tradition, the Ten Commandments are known simply as the Ten Devarim, concepts for living a holy and meaningful life. 
to the extent that we have the capacity and the resources, they function as commandments, challenging us to change and grow. The commandments, like a sleeve inverting itself, transform into blessings. May you be blessed with power directly from the source of life and liberation. May it and nothing else guide you. May you be blessed with authenticity. May you be able to discern the real from the simulation. May you be blessed with innocence. May you always speak the goodness of life and break free from cynicism. May you be blessed with peace. May you luxuriate in sacred time and space every week. May you be blessed with humility. May you honor your source in all its forms. May you be blessed with companion, compassion. May you be a life-sustaining force for all the creatures of the earth. May you be blessed with love. May you repair what is broken and cherish what is imperfect. May you be blessed with abundance. May you never need to take what is not yours. May you be blessed with honesty. May you be a conduit for the voices of truth in the world. May it be so. Shalom. As Gordon and Robert extinguish our flame, I have some closing words from Deborah Hafner. We are on a journey. We didn't plan it. We didn't have time for the bread to rise. We may find ourselves in the wilderness, hungry, thirsty, doubting that we should have ever come. But look around. We are not alone. It is our journey together, a journey to our better selves, a journey to a better world, a journey to a more promised land. May it be so. Shalom. Please sing with me, Carry the Flame.